You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses. Today, I want to talk about what does your filing system look like for your finances? All right, so I heard this on a podcast the other day, and it kind of clicked in my head. I was a target, was it two weekends ago? Not too long ago. It was right after the New Year's, and um, you know, there there's usually like a promotional section in every department store, and um, I don't know what I was doing, kind of browsing around and getting your usual stuff, and um, you know, right in front of me, I just walk through the aisles, and I see like, you know, this big wide open area um, set up with all the spring kind of stuff, outdoor patio furniture, rugs, just the stuff that you would need for for setting up your backyard. And, uh, you know, there's a signs there all over saying spring, spring. I'm like, wow, we're just in January and the the advertisements are just way too early. So I wasn't quite ready for, for that. But it prompted me to think that, okay, all right, we're not quite at a spring just yet, although this past weekend we had an amazing weather here in the Bay Area, so it felt like spring. But I wanted to focus on what do we need to do, or how can I incentivize you to get to get you organized, get rid of the stuff that you don't need, um, set up the files that you actually need to have, and really give you that clarity. So you know that spring, fresh, crisp air, that kind of a feeling when you look at your finances. I know a lot of you, and I hope, because I want to break this episode into two parts, and today I want to talk about paper filing system. So I wanted to kind of give you options of how you can do this. I know there's still folks who actually love to get actual documents in the mail, they receive, they file, they organize. The other the other part, <laughs> that the other group that actually does this too, gets all the stuff but never, ne- never really has anything set up that's useful. Tax season is coming up. So I thought I'd jump ahead on this topic and really get you started for, uh, for preparing for tax, tax season in case you wanted to do it earlier. So let's kind of start talking about paper filing system. Now, as you can imagine, every client that we get to work with has to go through an organizational exercise right at the beginning because we are asking for a lot of documentation. Now, luckily, uh, we have a system that allows us to request documents from clients electronically. And most documents that we're talking about, and I'll give you my cheat sheet of what you should keep and you know the kind of folders you set up, but most of these documents these days are available electronically, okay? So don't worry if you have sort of a dual system and maybe you're gonna transition shortly here, but 
this is just an initial start. I'm really focused here on cleaning out your filing cabinet. And I know that most of you have a smiling, a, a small drawer somewhere in your house or even just, you know, a stack with a couple of folders. And that's what I really have these days um, in our house. Just because over the years we've had to, we've had to move quite a bit. And I was really never a fan of of keeping actual hard copies. I'm actually I'll, I'll tell you a little secret and I hope you don't tell anyone, but I'm I'm not a big fan of opening any mail. So Yuri usually gets a hold of our mail. Now these days it's funny cuz Liam too, we have our whole uh, our house was built in 1940s and we did an extensive remodel, but we kept some of the original features in the house and one of the things that I thought was really cute is this mail slot that uh, it's it's actually it, it it's right obviously at the entrance door but what it does it has a little uh you know door it, it's built in the door uh, in, not in the door sorry in the wall and it actually when when the mailman opens the slot and slides in the mail it actually drops right into our uh, entrance <laughs> on the other side of the door and so we have a small basket so our our new um mailman on the receiving side of things has been uh, lately uh, Liam's responsibilities. So anyway, I don't get to see what comes in the mail. And frankly, I'm more alert to things that come to me electronically. But I do realize there are certain documents that we need to have uh, paper copies uh, for some time. So here's the, the structure uh, that I'd like to propose for you to probably eliminate and reduce some of the things that you've been keeping for a long time and just were afraid to shred. Now I'm a big proponent of using a shredder. If you have a small shredder and in, in, in your home and you just uh, shred things over time, or I've definitely utilized services of paid shredding. Uh, one local here in my area is a UPS store has a contract with the shredding company. So you actually uh, you can clean out your drawers, you can clean out your filing cabinet, and they accept the, the shredding jobs by the weight, okay? So here's the three kind of um, easy to remember rules. Number one, most of the bills that you're getting, like the the, the utilities, the internet, the, the just anything that you're paying on a monthly basis, right? You only need to keep for a year. Things like investment accounts or investment account statements, 401ks, IRAs, your bank statements, you also need to keep for a year. And I also like to think of this, there's an account statement, right, that you get on a monthly basis or quarterly basis, and there are the tax forms. So the tax forms, the 1099, 1098, those are the ones that you're probably getting right around this time or starting to get. Um, it's mid-January and on. Those are the ones that you really need to keep in a special folder. And so what I do is every year I have a folder, just a plain manila folder. This is like one of those instances when I do have um, elect uh, paper copies for a while is that I just create a folder right at the top of the folder taxes 2020 because we're going to be preparing tax returns and gathering all the documents. And that's where I'll gather all of the forms. All of the other tax-related stuff, because these are the forms that you're going to use to file the tax return, scan and write, send to your tax preparer or accountant, and these are the actual documents that you need to keep for seven years, because you don't know when you might get audited, and that's when you may want to have actual hard copies in place, okay? So here's just a simple outline that has four different 
folders or types of folders that if you want to keep a small drawer or a small filing cabinet or just a small little rack that has actual folders that you can organize because there is a lot more than just the bills and investment statements right so here are some of the some of the tags on the folders that you can use all right let's start with number one i'm going to call it personal so here are the things that you can keep there uh, things like your tax returns remember i just talked about the seven years would be great to have and as every year you add more then the oldest one gets shredded right so remember all all personal financial records if in doubt shred that's my rule uh, in place if there's any personal identifying information you want to shred that so tax return your social security social security card birth certificate deed to the house title to the car oh my gosh this is a true story we still have one of our older cars that we've uh, long ago have gifted to Yuri's dad and never really bothered to change the title and so Time has come for us to do some of that cleanup, really more for insurance purposes, and we cannot find a title to this car. Oh my gosh, we've searched and searched and searched everywhere. So we're trying to figure out how we actually do this. And for the longest time, we're like, oh my gosh, this car is not worth anything. If it dies, it dies. We don't need to worry about transferring the title. But I tell you, I... And I have this kind of folder, not that I don't, we have it, it's all, everything else is in there, but except for this title. So anything that's of significant value and things like maybe marriage license or divorce, anything, you know, divorce certificate, anything's like anything that you may need to use in the future. And that is important. You want to keep in this personal folder. Okay. My, my folder number two are going to be emergency and protection folder. So things like insurance policies. If you have a house inventory of all the important items, warranties. I actually just recently sat down and created just a just a list of all of our insurance policies because we were getting like invoices uh, in the mail. Okay, you gotta pay this insurance policy. And Yuri was asking, why don't we? You know, where is everything at? And so we're like, okay, it's time to sit down and write down what insurance policies do we have. Okay, we have our life insurance policies. Here's here are the, two, the the two you have. Here are the three I have. And so we made a list. Who is the insurance company? What is what is it costing us per year, right? Or how often do we pay? Who who are the insurance companies? Because in case something happens, we you know one in those kinds of situations you want to be prepared. So that emergency folder and protection folder needs to have all of this identifying information. Now, on the next episode, we're going to talk about how some of these things you can actually take online, but just remember hard copies is what we're talking about here. All right, my folder number three is gonna be financials. And so things like credit card statements, uh, bank statements if you wanted to keep them here. We talked about most of the bills, utility bills, bills, cell phone bills, pay stubs, investment account statements, 401ks, IRAs, and all of those things. Financials is what, and I would, what I would do is I'll have a, a, a big folder and then I have subfolders where you can organize each of these types of documents. And so as, as you sit down, hopefully 
this is a good time of the year to, to do the, the, that cleanup that I was talking about. As you're tossing old statements, you're filing new ones in here. And my folder number, number four is going to be in the event of death. Maybe you want to find a better title for it, but that's what I have. So that folder has estate planning documents. I know that, and by the way, our estate planning document binder, it's out of in the folder. It's like, you know, a thick, big binder. So all I have in that folder, again, are instructions. If something happens or when it happens, here's what you do. Here's the people to contact and, and you know, here's where to find the rest of the documents because I can't keep that big folder. I have the, fold, uh, the binder with all the actual documents, but we've done some revisions to our trust. And so a lot of the stuff actually lives online. So this is the framework for setting up just a very simple four, if you wanted to have just the four folders to kind of aggregate all of the main and most important documents. Now, I hope that as you cleaning this this out, right, as you pull in old statements, so anything from 2018, 2017, especially things like credit card records, just utility bills, you don't need to keep. There's no reason for any of that. So I'd love to know what are you doing to keep yourself organized, not to feel overwhelmed? We're going to talk about on the next episode how if you wanted to transition this, this paper setup, how you can take those steps to maybe set up some of these things online. And what do I actually do on the monthly basis to keep me organized in terms of um, having a flow and really knowing where all of this stands? All right. Until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.